0: up this morning with the sun down, shining in
1: oh. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head?
2: Oh, It's head? Uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank
0: of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses.
2: Hit it. Trip! On a cloud and fell eight miles high, high I tore my mind on a jagged sky Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the news So, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in Illinois Nazis I hate Illinois Nazis Yeah, let's cut through the
0: chase, okay? What
1: are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I
3: do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so
2: many cuss words. What the f*** you talking about?
4: Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sun down. Hold
5: not thanks, 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 I'm about So we are at the border. A few, a few seconds late this morning, but we'll... Make up for it with quality, won't we, Millie? That's the idea. That's the idea. What, uh, Kevin? How are you?
6: Oh, doing okay, Tom. I'm telling you, though, it's it's a dog eat dog world, <laughs> and I'm wearing milk phone underwear.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I have
4: that's, the l- that's Norm Peterson line ever. Oh yeah, well, that is a great line. I remember that one.
5: The uh God, he's getting boy Don Johnson today, 72 years old. All my all my my favorite guys are getting up there, and they're bringing me with them. That's a problem. Yeah, I was going to say, yes, <laughs> we are. <Yeah. laughs> the, uh, man, oh, man. Um, I was uh, headed to the south side yesterday to go to my dentist, but I'm nothing other than loyal, right? And, uh, so, I I, I really do wonder. we got to get Dr. Blade on here. I, I don't I cannot imagine what is wrong, well, I guess I can, the stress levels and stuff, but the way, we're we're talking 9.30, well, 9 o'clock, I'm heading down for the, and, uh, I must have saw one or two or three, almost one car accidents right in front of my eyes on the Ryan. I mean, I don't, what, what, I mean, I'm, you can't just say what is wrong with people. You saw
6: them happen or you just saw
5: them? One uh, one guy, no, one guy is on the left, way on the left. He flies over. He's got to be doing ninety miles an hour. Flies up in front in front of me, slams on the brakes, stop rear end in this one guy, pulls off to the side. Then he decides he's going to exit the the, entra- the exit, flies off. He's, he's almost on two wheels going up the. There's nobody on the road. I mean, <laughs> how, do, how do you almost turn yourself over on, a, on an exit when when there's not any, anybody around? I mean, what is the
4: motivation? It's a special for? skill. Yeah, I mean, like, what do, what are do you doing? what are you doing? I, I wonder So a couple things. Uh, one, George went is 73. Uh, so that's how old he is Two, his nephew is Jason Sudeikis, which is interesting. Cause that guy's pretty damn famous now as a movie star slash TV star slash Saturday night live. And I had no idea he was related to George. What? Uh, Three, which
5: one were his parents? Is it, must be one of George's sisters, obviously.
4: It must be. I'd have to. I'd have to dig in deeper. But three, you know, you're talking about uh, people kind of coming back to work and forgetting how to drive. Yesterday, I went into the office for the first time in nineteen months or whatever it was. It was. And it was uh, sort of a you know we're not going back full time yet, but you know the executive team is going to be in the office. So How'd
5: you get in without your key card?
4: Well, that was a that was a whole other thing. Uh, and, and so they were like, you know, the senior some of the senior level people. I think it'd probably be a good idea to come in and have some face time. No problem. Great. Totally forgot where my key card was because I I'd, I'd moved since the last time I'd been in the office. A lot of things had happened. It'd been a while. You know, so that was like a nightmare logistically, just figuring out how to get into the, literally get into the office. And then, you know, walking downtown, you know, it's not as busy as it normally was, but it was, it was actually busier than I thought it would be. People have forgotten not only to drive, they've forgotten how to walk. Like, I people were like walking into me. It was, <laughs> it was like people forgot you kind of go to the right side of the sidewalk when there's people coming on the other side i was like i mean just walking around it was like everyone had forgotten going to lunch the the people working at the lunch places have forgotten like what a a a rush is like and how to like get people in and out of you know lunch downtown i mean the whole thing it was like it was like i was in the twilight zone so i can totally see how people have forgotten how to drive
5: well my uh I was, uh, my brother had us over for dinner on Sunday, and my nephew's wife, I keep
4: I guess, what is that, my
5: niece-in-law? I, I, I,
4: yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, she's your niece Okay, no.
5: And uh, she's a teacher, and I said, Bernard, I've been hearing all about on the news all week about how the discipline problems in school and the arrests and the fights are way up because people don't know how to deal with each other. And she goes, oh, yeah, it's all over the place. She goes, because their schools are full because of the people who moved out of the city. She goes, Yeah, it's a big problem. She goes, It's getting a little better. It'll it'll tone its way down. You know, it's not, there's nothing you do know anything about except work your way through it. And she's, she's a real bright, nice lady. And she goes, You know, you've got to work your way through it. She goes, There's no doubt 18 months of not dealing with people left people wondering how to deal with people. <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's just, it's just different. Like you say, Maddie. I mean, can you imagine if, uh, all of a sudden, everybody has squeezed back on buses and stuff like they did in the '60s and '70s. I mean, you know, and, and they've squeezed into people. I mean, it's I, it, you get used to something, and you and everybody has their space, and you and you deal with it, and uh, it, it works out pretty well. And then all of a sudden, if it changes, it, it's crazy. I mean, and, and this is a two-year.
4: I wanted to after after the fourth person like walked into me and and hit my shoulder as I'm walking down the sidewalk. I wanted to stop and just like yell at everyone like have we all forgotten how to like live in a society like Jesus. Were they Christ. checking their phones
5: or just No, what?
4: just like just it was people like walking right into me like expecting me to move and I'm walking on the right side and people are coming at me walking on the left side. I'm like, have we forgotten how to do this?
5: <laughs> well the answer must be yes. Well, first
4: of all, check your wallet on every bump. Well that's true. Yeah. Yeah, put the uh, wall in the front that, pocket that for a means while. That
6: that you have a pickpocket's paradise if, if everybody's doing that. Um, but I got to tell you guys that you know I I've been living my normal life for so long um, that uh, it, it's it's kind of amusing listening to you because uh, around here um, it's been normal for I don't know how many months and once I started going back into my office many months ago. Uh, on a regular basis then you know i, I life feels pretty normal to me
5: There's a lot of places in the country it is uh, oh
4: yeah like well, my my mom would have no idea what i'm talking about they she's in in uh, you know three hours west of here in in cedar rapids iowa and you know a, as a small business owner they never closed ever not for one day they never closed you know they wore masks for a while but they never closed so she's whenever i tell her these things she's like i have no I, I can't relate i have no idea what you're talking about and you go there and you would have no idea anything ever happened at any point
5: well she'd probably be surprised if she found out that i cooked breakfast for the last two years because there's no place to go <laughs> right.
4: she goes the restaurants are open the bars are open the businesses are open the traffic never went down like she's like i i, I can't relate to anything you're saying I'm like, well, I guess that's part of the country too.
5: We see in New York now. Yesterday, the big thing was, any if you want to you bring your kid to breakfast over the age of five, he's got to have a vaccination card. How, how far are we going to push this vaccination stuff on these kids that don't need it? I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Boy, what, what, what would happen if, if all of a sudden there was some God? Don't even if there was something wrong with this vaccine, and we jammed it down the throat of all these young people.
6: Oh, and when you when you think about it. Um, you know, it, it is, um, it, it is irreversible. If there is something wrong with it, now, if there's something wrong with it for you and me, hey, you know, we're old. We'll deal with it for a few years before we all keel over. Um, uh, but, uh, but the, you know, children, you're talking, you're conceivably talking about a lifetime. Now, one of the vaccines that's out there in the world, and I'll get you the name of it in a second, um, Let's see. I believe it's uh, uh, Covaxin. Uh, Covaxin is—they uh, use it in, in India, and it's—it's it's a you know a traditional protein subunit vaccine. Um, and they have asked the U.S. for approval for ages two to eighteen. They haven't even asked for approval for uh, um, adults. But they asked for that because it is the more traditional type of vaccine um, that everybody in the world has been using for decades and, uh, and and it is approved by the U.S. for travelers entering the U.S. so it has some, you know, cachet, it's not just out of the blue but maybe, just maybe that if you're going to insist on vaccinating children that would be a way to go
5: Well I guess my question is wh- why exactly are we, d- are we doing it in the first place? They don't they don't seem to have any... I'm, I'm sure someplace, somewhere, there's going to be some kid that has a problem. But uh, do we really think that six-year-olds are at risk all of a sudden from this disease? I no,
6: they're not. And and so here's, here's the thing. None of our policy has ever been targeted at the people who are at risk. It has always been targeted as, um, you know, a, a blanket type of issue. And, and to me, that makes no sense. Um, but that's the way we've
5: been doing it. Well, so, are, are, but I mean, what is the motive? Are we worried that the six-year-old is going to infect somebody else? When we know for, the, this is bizarre. I mean, Kevin, I don't want we've given you know, this too much. We, we already to
6: have a vaccine that's infecting others. I mean, yeah. that, you know, is it is it even a good idea to have a vaccine that, uh, that, that, suppresses symptoms so you don't know you have been infected when you get infected doesn't stop you from getting infected doesn't ins- uh, stop you from passing it on but it does suppress your symptoms so that you don't know you have it um and that's what we have right now for a vaccine
5: um well so if it,
6: it, is that a good idea it, and is it a well, good idea to survive then, in that, can do, can do that with kids and send them home to uh, uh the rest of the family
5: well, that's uh, what who that's might what, be
6: more susceptible. It might might have more. Uh, might be more likely to have uh,
5: problems. Well, the lack of common sense all along the way, and it, you know, it, it all happened so fast. I mean, it it really did happen fast, and it, it, in a democracy, one of the weaknesses of it is it's 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 not designed for rapid decisions from a central spot. Uh, and it, and it just isn't. I mean, it, I mean, we managed. We managed to. Uh, fight a war because it was a, in World War II, because we had dramatic. Uh, well, we had leadership, just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Or maybe, but even
4: didn't. that, we were kind of late to the party. Well, well sure we were. Sure, sure right? of, we had a lot of mistakes. Looks, yeah, like you said,
5: we had a lot of mistakes, but but we learned pretty quick. I mean, if you if you take the entire war effort and and don't even look at the mistakes and all the other stuff because there were there are all kinds of them, but if you look at what was accomplished in three and a half wow. years. And well, it really wasn't because they'd already started a lot of this stuff beforehand. But I mean, it, the idea that we were just this sleeping giant, totally asleep on, on Pearl Harbor Day, is is, is totally false. Um, but it's been the, the cachet. But they were already uh, there were all kinds of uh, drawings on the board and, and, and planes and development, ships and development. There were the General Corps had already been pretty much swept through by George Marshall, so we were. We weren't on third base, but we weren't we weren't still in the batter's box either. We were probably somewhere between halfway to first and halfway to second. But uh, the 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 point being, what we accomplished in three and a half years—like teenage sex—yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, but it's uh, you know we we were we, what we accomplished in three and a half years is nothing short of spectacular. When you look at what was happening, and you look at the time frame, and then you look at like. You know the, the the Jane Byrne interchange, which is going to be what eight years? I mean, we somehow or another we seem to have lost a lot of this kind of thing. But not his leadership on on this on this drug. I mean, we're we're pushing to everybody's making their own decisions. Every governor's doing his own stuff. You know, it's kind of crazy. And, and we have uh, we. Well, worked. you know
6: what the other the other craziness time is? We have totally lost the the, the ability or the inclination even to course correct.
5: Right. And then I don't get that.
6: And, and, and that may, that's what makes no sense. So you want to go back to World War II when mistakes were made? We we corrected the course. We, yeah. you know, it, it didn't mean that we undid anything, made anything better after the mistake was made. But they said, oh, well, we're not doing that again.
5: Okay, well, that <laughs> yeah. didn't work. Well, you know, the, the funny part is if, if you're a, a, a trader like me, I mean a, a floor trader, that's, that's what you do. You You assume... Because if you're a market maker on the floor, I've gone through this many times, I don't need to do it again, but if you're a market maker, the the trade is never your idea. It's somebody else's idea. You're making a market. Where are you on those things? I'm a quarter, three-eighths. Alright, I'll sell you 20. I might actually be bullish. Now here, here all of a sudden I'm buying puts, right? So, so the idea is to constantly change from the position you have into one that's better. That, that's the routine. So it it becomes embedded, and it's, it's stunning to me how other people can't do that or don't even have a, don't, don't even have a, a thought about doing that because that, that's, that's what we did all day long. And, uh, and, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. You've got a bad spot. Here's where you want to be. Here's where you are. Just get there. S&P Future's up two. NASDAQ Future's up two and a quarter. You sure see that a lot of times in softball. Boy, I'm pitching the ball right down the middle. Maybe I'd, I'd stop doing that before the guy keeps
2: <laughs> lining at my head. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy?
5: Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold. The idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's
0: PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding health reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help.
1: Stocks. Jocks. And Stocks and Jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right
5: here. Right now. Right now. Hello, Hello and right welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Howdy. This is Mr. Meryl Weber. The board, S&P futures up two fifteen. NASDAQ futures up to a quarter. I'm sorry. NASDAQ futures down eight. I've got the, both of them on my screen here. It's a little bit confusing. This happens every quarter because we have the... December and the March, and I believe tomorrow the December goes off the board we'll be trading the March. So it won't be the, uh, we'll be trading the SPHs. The, uh, because the Decembers are the Zs. So, um you gotta get your commodity uh, numbers down here, your letters. Uh, Dow futures are up 3. Over in Europe we've got, uh, we got the DAX up 52.3%, FTSE down 12.2%, KEC around up 48.7%. In Asia, we've got the ECAP 27, that's pretty flat. Uh, Shanghai down 13, that's point four percent Hang Seng down 215.9%. Um, Ch- Chinese economic data was not so good. Uh, their sales were down, uh, they were up 3.9%, which everybody thought was going to be a lot higher. Again, yesterday we had the PPI number, which came in um, <coughs> very hot. Uh, 9.6 year-over-year, year, which is, you know, the worst since 1982, so any idea that the CPI is going to tone down is usually not being met when the PPI is hot as well, because one filters into the other. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Uh, yesterday, Dow was down 106, S&P was down 34, that's 0.7%. NASDAQ that continues to get pummeled, though, minus 175, 1.1. Uh, bonds are up one basis point, 1.45. The Bund unchanged at minus point three five. 035 uh, Japan unchanged at positive 0.05. We've got oil back under seventy dollars a barrel, sixty nine seventy five. It's down ninety eight cents. Brent down ninety two cents, seventy two seventy eight. As uh, natural gas up eight cents, three eighty three. We have our Bob down two cents, two zero eight. We've got gold down a buck and a half, to seventeen seventy. As it still stays this narrow range of. I'm gonna say 1755 to 1790, It's kind of break out. Silver so down 9 cents, 2183, copper down 6 cents, 419, and we have Bitcoin up 461 to 48,015. Many, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports.
4: 37 minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. A couple of issues to report already here on a Wednesday morning. We had an earlier crash on the Tri-State. This is on the southbound side at the Irving Road Toll Plaza. Uh, the crash has been clear. Apparently a car struck a light pole and is hanging in the left lane. Uh, repair crews uh, are have sort of cleared that situation or at least moved it to the shoulder, but it's causing uh, some congestion on the tri-state southbound side right near the plaza there. Uh, that's blocking the left lane, uh, or it's it's been moved to the shoulder. It was blocking the left lane, but there's still some resulting delays because of that. No issues on the Edens or Kennedy. Eisenhower looking good. We do have a crash on the Stevenson. It says here uh, an accident with injuries on the inbound Stevenson right at Route 83, which is uh, Kingery Highway, and it's uh, causing stop-and-go traffic if you're heading northbound on I-55 uh, because of that crash. No issues on the outbound side. Uh, Dan Ryan, I-57, and the Bishop Ford are looking good. Off the expressways, uh, there's... A fire on the south side, 63rd Street at Carpenter, uh, that has the 63rd Street buses uh, temporarily rerouted because of uh, crews on the scene working on this fire. Everything else all quiet out there. Weather today, it's going to feel like it's April out there today, uh, and then we'll cool off uh, beginning tomorrow. But today, overcast skies and a high of 62, which is about 25 degrees above normal. Uh, for our high this time of year. Right now it's overcast and 55, going up to a cloudy 62 today. In fact, it's warmer in Chicago than it is in Phoenix today. Uh, for our Phoenix listeners, sunny with a high of just 58. Uh, so warmer today in Chicago by about 4 degrees. Right now it's clear and 45 in, down in Phoenix. In sports quiet night last night, Uh Bulls were off, Blackhawks were off, the Phoenix Coyotes were off, the Suns played they uh, beat the Blazers in Portland 111 to 107. Lastly college hoops, DePaul uh, beat up on UIC 72 to 66. Chief
5: scored the last nine points. Yeah. The uh Kevin I have two things I want to discuss with you. One is um, I know you guys you guys at your uh, university where you are or your college or whatever you want to call it. Um, I know you guys do a lot of stuff for uh um, you know, you do a lot of supply chain stuff, you do a lot of, uh, management stuff. Uh, my, where my, this is, this is just a question. Are there any, uh, kind of in minor, how do you, here's, here's the problem and you tell me what the school would be. My nephew works for a place that does, uh, uh, they're they're metal fabrication. They do parts and they do you know that type of thing. And he he knows how to work all the machine. You know, you program the machine to make the part and all that stuff because you can make them one o- one off now, like you did, didn't used to be able to because the machine would do all three functions. But uh, as as we have tried to bring, well, who knows what we're trying to do or not? But some some companies are ramping up some of the stuff here that they used to make that didn't that didn't make for a long time, and all of a sudden now they're putting stress and a lot of their there are factories in the sense that stuff you wouldn't even think about unless unless you knew something about manufacturing, and I know just enough to be dangerous. But you know, it's not just the machine; it's the conveyor belt that takes things between machine to machine. And all of a sudden, these things are they're, they're not all that new, and they're, they're breaking down. And uh, and there's parts to be made, and there's you know money to be made there. And by the way, they need to get fixed so guys can. A lot of guys are coming in, and say, "You got to design me a new conveyor system." This isn't. Uh, it doesn't do as well as the other one. I mean, now my capacity needs to be more and impl- black, which is th- this is all, by the way, very, very healthy. The problem is there's not people that can go out and say, okay, I'll, I'll design the new conveyor thing for you. And you know what there's even a shortage of? If somebody has a part of somebody even drawing and measuring out the part so they can order it from somebody. I mean, I mean, he claims that if somebody, if that was all they did, was if you got a, a call from saying somebody needs a part just to go out there, spec, spec the thing out, measure it, you know, to the thousands, look at the tolerances, see what you need, check what else in the machine you might need, and just order them up. There, wh- wh- I would guess that's a manufacturing engineering kind of skill, isn't it? I, but I, wh- wh- where does somebody learn that? I mean, Pullman, we had all kinds of guys that could do that. I mean, they used to make wooden templates where They'd say, "Here's the part. And here's the drawing." And somebody would do it exactly in wood, so you could put a piece of wood in the machine, and, you, and you'd use that as the, to set your machine up. I mean, is it is all that stuff lost, or do you guys teach that, or who does?
6: Uh, well, I would say, uh, if anybody need has that kind of a need, um, reach out to me, and uh, I will hook you up with our uh, advanced manufacturing group, um, where they teach all of that kind of stuff, and we even have a. Uh, Brand new this year, uh, um, uh, robotics lab. Really, um, er, where we do all that kind of stuff.
5: Is there a, a, an um, equivalent place yes, right,
6: right on the campus, uh, our campus in Elkart where where I work?
5: Um, is there is there an equivalent place like that here in Illinois? I mean, or no? to be done in schools, mm, I know.
6: I, I couldn't tell you offhand. I would imagine that there are uh, some interesting places like that, but. Uh, um, You know, we're in Indiana. Indiana's very focused on manufacturing, warehousing, you know, all all of those kinds of uh, businesses. So that's, you know, from an educational standpoint, there's a lot of funding going that way.
5: Are these guys all snapped up when they graduate? I imagine they are.
6: Yeah, they come out with certifications that people in industry will recognize, and uh, and they're pretty good at it. Now, the other thing, when you talk about parts, um, this is, it's still more or less in its infancy, Um, But uh, if you've heard the term additive manufacturing, which is just a really spiffy way of saying uh, uh, very high-end 3D printing, um, people are going to be making their own parts at some point. Um, They're they're just going to be able to, uh, you know, I I, I think, you know, there's a lot of stuff that is being made now using that technology. But where I really expect it to go uh, in the short run is that people will make their replacement parts that maybe they can't make them with the same quality level as brand new, but uh, but they certainly can make them good enough to buy you time when something breaks, uh, and then you, and then you get in the uh, you know the uh, the full scale part. So you know, I, I there's there's a lot in the technology world going on that's going to address some of these issues.
5: Do you guys have a replicator like they had on Star Trek?
6: Um, yeah, uh, T. Earl Grey hot.
5: Yes, yes, the, uh, no, that was the, that was, that made the food. Yeah, what it was the was thing where they could actually just make the, make the whole part, they put one in one and it'd pop out, exact same thing out of the other one?
6: Yeah, it would come out with the, you know, the tea in the cup.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one was I, uh, I mean, as anybody who's listening knows that I am, uh, stunned, amazed, fascinated, and also confused by the numbers that are coming out of Washington and, and how the stuff is being, and it, it, I mean, if you listen to the show, like, forever, we don't want to go back through the tapes, for God's sake. We've had all kinds of themes from all our guests and so forth that all seem to be almost coming together, Manny. I mean, I don't know if it, I mean uh, the one I think was thinking about this morning when I was coming over by you was our buddy uh, uh Professor Goodhart and how when things become targets, they they cease to be uh, useful as indicators. And, and,
4: and yeah when you're doing research and you already have an outcome that you're hoping to find out or achieve, your research kind of becomes tainted
5: yeah and i but now, I mean you just you, you you know are stuck with the job of listening to me um, are you sensing even even you man I'll go to you instead of instead of Kevin that all the stuff that the these financial numbers that you see coming out of Washington and the stuff that I talk about every day. There's a, the the underpinning problem with all this is the, is the feds all over it. Same thing, it's the same problem I see, I sense with the vaccinations and stuff. Pfizer is way too involved for me to believe this stuff. I mean, they they just, they just shouldn't be there like that, in, in my opinion. Now, the fed.
6: Well, I, I agree with you. I, I think, Tom, I think not only are they too involved in policy, uh and things like saying well every child should be vaccinated because that's the last third of the population that we need to use, that we need to sell vaccine, vaccines to but um, but they uh, they also have undue influence in in media and so how yeah. how the story is told is is influenced you can't listen to um, you can't listen to a radio show or watch a Sunday show or you know watch a news show that isn't sponsored by Pfizer-BioNTech, or BioNTech-Pfizer, yeah, I think yeah. is a, a proper word, uh, sequence on that. Back yesterday morning, uh, before Stocks and Jocks, I was listening to uh, Chicago Sports Radio. This segment is sponsored by uh, Biotech pfizer well, you know, there's a lot of story to be told about, uh, oh, things like positive tests in the, uh, in the NBA right now. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of story being told on there, and are people, you know, are, are, are people being told what they can't say?
5: Uh, I'm um, thinking yes.
6: The sponsor, and this is worth millions of dollars, or, you know, in, in the case of a local Chicago radio station, uh, thousands of dollars. I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't. I, you know, I'm, I'm assuming though uh, it's you know what we know to be true with other sponsors. But yeah, we do not we do not say anything that's going to be uh, going against the story the um, sponsor once told, even if it's even if it's on the news side. So yeah, do they have an undue influence? They have a totally outsized influence on
5: this stuff. Well, I mean, I'm, I'll bring it. To, <laughs> I, got, I got somewhat of a really quick story on that. Was uh, if there's a Arbitrations in a, in business conduct decisions, more business conduct stuff, the CBOE. The thing would be, get appealed up to a certain committee, and then if they still want to appeal it further, it actually would get appealed to the board, right? And they would pick a small group from the board for every one of these things. And I was, you know, there for a long time, and I never got picked for one of these committees. And because everybody knows my personality, I'm, I'm gonna read this thing from, th- from, from the front of it to the back of it, and I'm gonna make my own decision. I'm not, I'm just just because the panel and somebody else said it should go this way, I'm not starting out with that conclusion. Right? Of course, everybody kinda sensed that about me, and some people liked it, some people didn't. So all of a sudden one day they put me on, on one of these things, and I'm going, okay, what's this all about? And the chairman says to me, you know, we finally picked you for one of these things because, uh, we think now you finally, you know, made it to the point where you understand how these things are supposed to come out or something like that. And I go, I haven't even read it yet. I'm, don't tell me how I'm going mean, to say something. He looked at me like I had three heads. I'm like, what do you mean? You're telling me how I'm, gonna, I'm going to come down on this before I even read it? I mean, it, it is astounding the amount of, oh, Matty, your first day back at work. One thing you didn't mention this morning was all of a sudden you the politics already is, is permeating your skin. It has to be. I mean, even after one No day. question
4: about it. And, and uh, it was funny to even sort of you kind of forgotten how it all plays out. How, you know, people act when certain people are in the room versus when they're not in the room, how, you know, all of that stuff. How, you, how you're really busy for a half an hour and then you kind of don't do anything for the next hour. And, like, you know, all those things, all those sort of dynamics uh, of when you're working in a group and when you're face-to-face with people versus when you're sort of on your own working remotely – i just i you know i i've been doing it for 20 years and then all of a sudden you kind of forgot about it and yesterday was like a crash course and I'm like oh yeah i forgot all about this but this is how we do it
5: it's well but the same thing's going on i'm trying to extend this to the the economy right now i mean you look at uh remember the what was the movie the last De- detail where the lady says i'm, I'm going to call the shore patrol and jack thinks i am the bleeping shore patrol the uh we, we, people, you, you'll see guys make this very eloquent argument regarding, for instance, the flattening of the yield curve. Now, just real quick, the yield curve, if you take the 30-day rate, of these are all treasuries, all the way out to 30 years, there's going to be a steepness to that curve because obviously, well, you're, you should pay more further out. Not always, but you should pay more further out. So let's say that the 30-day rate's 2% which it's way less than that, but in normal times, you know, the six-month rate might be two and a quarter, the yearly rate might be two and a half. Well, there's a steepness to the curve. And and people look at that steepness as a way of predicting receptions, receptions, recessions and other things. And, and it, it tells a tale. Except now the 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 Fed is all over the curve. They own something like 50% of the long-dated long stuff. So they look at the curve and think that it's educational, I don't know, Kevin. Is it or isn't it? These guys are all over it. They are the frigate shore patrol. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean. When you look at the the uh, the the mines that have the inflation, the, the tips, where they call those things, uh, well, they own those too. So how do how do, you, how, do you, how does somebody in the in the market and where I'm, what I'm getting to here is you looked at what happened yesterday after those PPI numbers, and this this is stunning, and I I've never seen this. The the stock market is telling you one tale. That they're kind of worried about the Fed upping these rates or doing what they have to do to let them go up, okay, because everybody knows they already should be up because the inflation is so high. Yet the bond market is telling you don't believe these guys. They're not changing a thing, at least not before the election or something. So yesterday that number came out. The bonds didn't budge, even though the market basically fell flat on its, well, flat on its ass for a while. Now the same thing today. The, the bond market is telling you don't believe a word these people say. The triumvirate of 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 Biden, Powell, and uh, what's her name, Janet Yellen. Don't believe a word they say. The bond market is absolutely telling you that. But then again, the 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 Fed is the bond market. So so I'm right back to the same circle. I mean, I'm caught in a a, a maze here. which
1: circle of hell is
5: it? Yeah, Tom? which her, I mean, which her, I, mean, I, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. I, I can't, I can't even look. I can say, okay, the bond market's telling me something else. wait a minute, these are the guys that are buying the bonds. So is the bond market telling me this, or is the Fed? Telling, I mean, I, I don't, I don't even know where to start here. I mean, it's, 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 it's never been easy. But this is what. One thing I do know is right now somebody, uh, somebody somewhere. And I asked Dan Genetis last Thursday, and Dan won't be able to make it tomorrow. But I know we have a lot of Dan fans. Uh, but he, Dan Genetis, I said Dan. What would, what would it have to be? What would this 10-year rate, 10-year rate now is 1.5, right? Uh, I'll do it exactly, 1.44, a TNX if you want to know what the 10-year rate is, is the, is the acronym, or a symbol. TYX is a 30-year, it's 1.82. Right, so, uh, Dan, I said, Dan, what rate right now would you have to get to put a client in a 10-year bond? And he's like, seven? <laughs> it, it, it's one and a half. We're, we're, Kevin, we're not that, we're not even close to what a normal person is. So if the Fed stops buying, like they claim they're going to, good lord, who's 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 next on the buy chain? Maybe some insurance company that has to have it, or or or, uh, or a municipality that has to be. in. But there's no way on earth I'm putting your dough in there at this rate. Would you?
6: We could be in for like the you know the Uber correction, the correction to end all corrections.
5: <laughs> well, I, I don't see, I don't think they're gonna, they're going to let that happen. The, the, the shock not only to the economy, but the shock to the people that seem to be running the place. I mean, these these you know these billionaires are not going to so take. You're saying
6: if, it, if the shock were just to you and me, um,
5: go for it. Yeah, go for we're,
6: it. It would shock the wrong people.
5: Well, yeah. I mean, get, Well, one percent of the ninety percent what, what, of the market's owned by one percent of the people, or some some number like that. david Menard is exactly right. But it's so you're not going to. You know, what happens to these? You know, if if all of a sudden. uh We're talking Apple is is, is approaching $3 trillion, right? The stock drops by a third. Well, we just dropped a trillion there somewhere. It's still going to be a high, you know, it's still going to be a, a, you know, a high, good company and good management and all that stuff. But, uh, I mean, we're we're talking, you know, not to mention the people that have stuff on margin. And plus, you you listen to guys talking about the Bitcoin stuff or how, how many of these things are there? There's like 20, 30 of these coins out there. And they're talking about these things like, like like they, like they are something like they're not a made up stock. And what are they? Well, man, it's, everybody's going to be trading like this. Okay, uh, if 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 there is a currency that the the government screw up so bad, we need an alternative currency. Um, somebody's going to come up with one. Could could be Saudi Arabia because they got oil. Could be something. But the, the idea that there'll be nothing behind it, you know. By the way, the thing trades all day long like a stock. I don't see that the model do you, but but that's what's happening. I mean, you look at these...
6: It will be interesting to see if anything does emerge with some, some kind of real asset behind it.
5: I, I think it might. I think it might because the, 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 uh, the fiat currencies are going the other way. Just keep pouring them out there. But the idea that all of a sudden your, your dollar would collapse, Eurodollar would be a thing of the past, and there would be massive chaos, and somehow Bitcoin is going to be the thing that holds it all together. Wow, that's a reach you know i guess we could get there kevin but i that's a reach don't you think
6: well it, yeah you you know how i feel about it i I'm, I'm more enamored of the technology and its other applications than its currency applications so i i tend to sort of you know i'll say i will acknowledge that bitcoin, bitcoin exists in the world and it may show up as a, a settlement mechanism for some kinds of things but by and large um it it's a non entity as far as i'm concerned it uh, I, I have the feeling that, not that it will pass, but that it's that in its current form is not what it's going to be.
5: But how does anybody even give a speech or, or even talk to a client and say, well, you've got to watch the bonds, but oh, by the way, you really can't watch the bonds because the Fed's the ones that are buying them. I mean, I don't, just a discussion of normal stuff that I've been looking at for, you know, since I used to trade before we came down here, the normal stuff, I I don't trust any of it. You know I, I don't know, I don't know how you look at the CPI number, the PPI number, and then you dig through numbers and you go, well, that doesn't match up, that doesn't match. I can't believe that, that it's as high as it is without even making the adjustments I think they need to make to be real. I mean, what, what happens to the CPI number if you actually had a 10% rent, rent increase in there? And if you didn't say that that your uh, your hospitalization is down on the year, I mean, what, what would the number be, 14? Ugh. I mean,
6: yeah, I know. I, I know what you're
5: saying. I, you know, and, and how do we, how do we ever how do we ever catch up I mean, from from where we were in 2000 and say okay, well this is here. And, and if and if you were right now if you were going to put together a if you're going to build houses for somebody for 10 years and wanted to index it, what would you even index it to? You can't index it to the CPI, I don't think.
1: What would you, you even were use a, um,
6: a Community Bank. What would you index your? Uh, what would you do with your mortgage rate right now with your fixed rate mortgages? Uh, well, Knowing that if you if you offer a competitive rate, you're going to be so you're going to have such a bad gap in uh, in several years out. Assuming you don't lay it off, if you know if it's a uh, maybe if it's a variable, you just know you're you're not going to have a bad interest rate
5: gap. You're, instead, you're just going to have a foreclosure. Well, I think you're going to end up with. Uh, I think they lay them all off. Now the question is the jumbos. What happens to the jumbos? Those those they don't lay off, do they? Or, or they used to? We say lay off. Yeah, you be been p- away p- from
6: it too long. I don't know what they're doing with them now.
5: Yeah, it's a... Uh, anyway, so um,
6: how hey, come Before we get away, we we do need to mention one sports story though, and that was last night. Uh, Steph Curry broke yeah. Ray Allen's record for uh, three point shots.
4: Yeah, hey uh I mean he's going to is he going to end up like doubling that record? <laughs>
6: I mean he he has so many what is he like 500 games ahead of Allen's pace or something yeah, like that. Yeah.
4: And 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 um, Steph Curry's got 10 years left in his career. I mean probably, right? I mean he's going to he's well, going to break g- that considering
6: what he does. Yeah, because he's he's not a hugely physical player. He's a shooter. And he's as good a shooter as I've ever seen. So yeah, he, he's he's going to be able he, even as he gets older. Even if he can't play, you know, thirty-five to forty minutes a game, he's still going to be uh, a good guy to have on your team. Even even at twenty minutes a game, if he's older, because he's going to be able to come in and loosen up the defense. I so
5: somehow true. I somehow lost. Uh, I got this this core digest. They sent me all this stuff. I, I was going to bring one in for you guys. and Of course, I managed to putz it. I probably have it somewhere. They had to do with the best three point shooters ever. I didn't I didn't realize that his brother was a terrific three point shooter.
4: And and, and his has dad. become a terrific player, too. Yeah. And his dad. Yeah. Well his, his dad, dad Del Curry, yeah. When I was growing up, Del Curry was the sort of the prototypical three point specialist. Where, you know, he wasn't considered necessarily a great player, you know, defensively and, you know, driving the basket and all the other things that go into basketball. But he played for the Hornets among other teams and he would come off the bench and his job was basically when you get the ball and you cross half court chuck it if you're open chuck it and and he would he would knock down you know three out of five or four out of seven or whatever the number would be three pointers every game and he was a difference maker but that was his thing is i, I shoot threes Steph curry is so yeah, much the ultimate oh yeah. was craig hodges right craig hodges yeah. perfect example yeah and and del curry was was like the craig hodges of of the hornets and but Steph is so much more than that oh yeah, I mean, oh he, yeah. he is so good and uh, you know, I was thinking, you know, like uh, as I've said on the show, my wife is is pregnant, and uh, you know, I, we don't know if it's going to be a boy or a girl. But if we have a boy, or if we have a girl, for that matter, I I hope to instill the level of confidence in them as a basketball player that Steph Curry has, where he. Couldn't care less if he misses three in a row. If he's open, the fourth one is going up, and I I love watching guys. I like hate playing
5: like, playing w- with guys like that. Well,
4: I, I'm with you, but if you're great and and you have a short memory, you don't. It doesn't matter if you turn it over. It doesn't matter if you miss a few shots in a row. If I'm open, the next one's going up, and I'm going to shoot it with confidence as if it's going in. I never had that as a player. If I miss three in a row, I was I was hesitant to shoot again. And it really kind of you know wore on me as a player. He is so confident with this, his jump shot, and rightfully so. It's like a joy to watch. And I would I would do anything I could if I was coaching or as a as a father of a, of a kid playing basketball. I would want to instill that level of confidence.
5: Um, I always think that there's a a
4: couple of yeah. skills to teach your uh, your basketball uh, your your
6: young child. One is shoot a basketball because if you can't do anything else on a basketball court except shoot. You're on the court. Yeah. Um, if you're going to have one skill, second is long snapper is another one. Teach them the long snap at a very <laughs> young age.
5: Uh, if it's can, a young, if it's that a young can lady pay for
6: college, and it can make pretty good money for a, a long time as a pro.
5: If I, um, if it's a young lady, I get, I'll be like the guy in the graduate. Where, what do you say plastics, Benjamin? Plastics. Plastics. Gonna, yes. If you got a daughter, I'm going to say one word: fencing. Many fencing.
6: Oh yeah, get the full ride at yeah, Notre but you Dame. Can make money that's at that. You can make good money in, in basketball nowadays. Would well, you
5: get a full ride to Notre Dame? She you be an Olympic star. That's, that's not so bad. Yeah, I can, well, if true. I'm still alive, I can go to the Olympics. I wouldn't be so bad.
6: <laughs> yeah, but that, you know, those those are your uh, those, those are your your big uh, sports skills to develop because uh, you know they're, they're kind of the thing that all of the greatest athletes tend to ignore. Not, not shooting. Everybody wants to be a good shooter, but. Uh, but that's, uh, that's it. I have had exactly one basketball player tell me that he, he checks and stops shooting if he's not making it. So I've, I've asked that question of many a college basketball player. What do you do if you miss a bunch of shots? And the answer is, if it's a good shot and I'm open, I take it. I don't care how many I've missed, I take it. It's exactly what Matt described, except for Jaron guy uh, and, and, and i saw it I, you know i knew the answer i knew what, the truth when i asked him the question because i had done a little digging into the stats and it turns out that jaron grant was not a, you know and, and we saw this when he was on the Bulls. he was not a great outside shooter at all he was really good at driving he was a, as good a passer as i've ever seen in college basketball um, but he, he his shot was inconsistent but every once in a while he would just go off and he would and he couldn't miss and, and famously, he put in like 12, you know, uh, 12 points in the last, I don't know, 50 seconds or something against Louisville once to uh, uh, to tie a game that was over and wound up going to five overtimes.
5: Um, well, Kevin, so, I... I um, so is so I
6: asked him, I said, do, you, do you check at the beginning and then decide how much you're going to shoot? And he said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do.
5: See, I think um, there's a there's a middle in knew there. Because
6: that if he wasn't hitting, he wasn't going to hit either.
5: There's, there's a middle in there. If the play... Well, we'll talk. We'll talk about it on Friday, because I, I get a middle in there about about when you should shoot and when you shouldn't. But that's another story. SP futures down seventy five cents. Nasdaq futures down sixteen. Be right back, Mr. Russell Rhodes. He's a PhD now. Maybe he can make sense of all this. We'll be right back.
2: Three four five six. That's 708-349-3456 or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com That's myhomesourcerealty.com
4: Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net.
2: Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air!
5: Stocks, jocks,
2: and stocks, and jocks.
1: You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now,
5: right now. There's something happening here. Blowing up a Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Allen. I'm the board of Futures down one, that's the March. I'm giving you the March numbers now. I though we're actually not flipping until tomorrow. They're down one and then, uh, and the Nasdaq Futures down 1975. Is, is it official? Can I call the doctor, doctor?
1: You can't call the doctor, doctor.
5: Alright! All right, so you didn't get, uh, yeah. they didn't, they didn't wing the thing in the, in the, in the circular file and all like pee on it. They, they said this is good?
1: No, <laughs> they, 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 they treated me nicely.
5: Good. Well, you deserve they,
1: it. They really, Yeah, they really they they didn't grill me too bad. I think uh, I think honestly, I think they just wanted to get rid of me Um, (laughs) because it took so long. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, "Yeah, let's just rubber stamp and get this guy out of here. We're sick of him."
4: Maybe do you do you automatically get the twenty percent raise when you add PhD to your name? Does that like automatically kick in?
1: There is a change in compensation at my current school. Not twenty percent, but yeah, I get a little bit more money now.
4: Very nice. Manny, you're being very blue. Ooh, blue- not, and,
1: and that little bit more money, I think it would take 11 years. I'm doing math in my head real quick. I think it would take 11 years to pay for
4: um, <laughs> the degree. It, it's a long-term investment.
5: Manny, you're giving it us a, 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 a very blue collar You get a compensation adjustment. Just to throw
4: in people's faces. Yeah. Okay, compensation adjustment at his Got level, you.
5: he doesn't get a raise. A raise is what you and I get, yeah.
4: right? Yeah, us us deadbeats, we get raises. Yeah. He gets a compensation adjustment. Got I it. get an
1: I get an increase in compensation.
4: There go. Yes, There you, yes,
5: go. There you go. So, how does it feel, Bud?
1: I feel different. It's funny. One of the other professors in Indiana said, "Do you feel different?" I am like, "Yeah, I actually do. I don't feel stressed all the time. Well, now, I feel like I dropped ten pounds immediately."
4: Well, I am wondering, like, so, of your you know, now that you have. I don't know twenty free hours a week or fifteen free hours a week or however long it was. I mean, what are you doing with that time?
1: I'm writing two books in 2022.
4: Holy mo- wow! Okay, <laughs> that's what I'm
1: doing. I'm, I've got a I've got two different books, and I'm um, and I don't want to say what they are because the last time I shared a book idea, I shared it with an editor. He took it to somebody else, and they wrote it.
5: Wow. Now, do you so, have a I,
1: I love you guys. I trust you two. I would tell you if I were in studio during the break, but um, I'm, I'm going to keep this. Uh, I'm keeping it to myself because one of them, when I tell have uh, told people that I trust, they're like, "That is a really good idea."
4: Are they? So, are they both, or is one of the two uh, markets related, or or not? They're both. They're both, mar- they're okay. both okay.
1: markets. Okay. So it's what are you? What are you on? Uh, uh, angle, uh, it's, it's angles on stuff that people haven't tried before.
5: Maybe it sounds like a contestant and what's one of the people on the panel and what's my line. Was it bigger than a bread box? <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> I, I figure I could you know I, could I guess the topic in five questions or less? If you really want to go that I route. Don't, I, go don't, ahead, I don't I don't. Right? I don't I don't want to go that route. I just want to.
1: <laughs> Now do you have a?
5: now that you are a, a, a big shot, you know, can you have mm-hmm. some of the the people working on PhDs kind of help you out with this?
1: Um that's uh, I Yes. <laughs> yeah, I um, I, Now I get help from research. It's really funny because I've already started getting emails from people that want to be my research assistant.
5: I, I ask this question because
1: it's once just, in a while... I I'm not reaching out. I'm just automatically getting them. Um, and I think that's because there are people that are looking for uh, somebody to work with. Uh, go
5: ahead. Well, I'm saying I, I once speak. in a while I, I, I foolishly dig out uh, Milton Friedman's uh, Monetary History of the United States. If I want to go back in, uh, you know, it, it only went to what 1960 or 65 or something, but but it, it's it's an it's an amazing economic work. And if you go back mm-hmm. and even look at it like a a table from like you know the 1915s or eight, 1890s, the table, the stuff that's on the table in the chart had to be had to be two months' work for somebody. I mean, I. Oh I, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 just, it's, it's outstanding. I mean, when, when, when people write a book down, not like you, but other people write a book and I'm sitting there going, I could have wrote this while I was on the can. I mean, there's, there's nothing of substance there. I mean, there's no, there's no, uh, new re, to actually do one of these research books, how the hell do you even find that information? You got it? You, you go back through old Fed stuff? Do you do banking stuff? I mean, I mean, how do you even, how do you even find out where to find this stuff, let alone find it?
1: Well, back then, God knows. I mean, I know how to do it now. It's- you know, yeah. there's this thing called Google on the
5: internet. No, oh, well, that helps a lot. Sure. Really, yeah, but
1: God, I couldn't even. And you know that monetary history. What is it like 850
5: pages? Uh, it's not that long, but it's big.
1: Oh, I thought it was ridiculously. Long. It's that's pretty thick. The first was I, I, I,
5: ridiculously long. I'm going to say five, six hundred, but it might be eight hundred. Okay. It's it's, it's either it's, way. It's, it's that's that's a two a, and a half That's inches. a
1: lot on a typewriter.
5: Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how you, you did the you, you did the graphs and put them in there, but. I mean, it, the, all the information is in the charts and the graphs, and you look at it and go, mm-hmm. that, had, "That had to be a month's work for somebody." Just this, that half of that page, yeah. you couldn't do that yourself.
4: By the way, I have no. to say, uh, and maybe Russell has read this book, maybe he hasn't, and it's probably been a while since Chief read it. But a quick Google search says a monetary history of the United States, written uh, by Milton Friedman and uh, Anna Schwartz, is 860 pages. He's right. Well, wow. so you're pretty much dead on. Yeah, this I knew. I know it's pretty thick. And, and,
1: but, again, a lot of that's charred. And, and while we're correcting Chief, I do want you to know that uh, you grossly underestimated the number of cryptocurrencies out there. Uh, there are 396
4: Holy cow. right now. That's more than Division uh, of Basketball.
1: Teams. About 30 of them don't have any market cap, but the rest of them do. All
5: right, so if, if, I, if I'm in the <laughs> cryptocurrency 150, what do I do with it?
1: I, I don't know. You know, I gotta launch mine now that I've got extra time.
4: Well, could you, what would you, you, you call it Rhodes coin?
1: No, I thought I talked about. Uh, I thought I talked about Nigerian Prince coin.
4: Oh, okay. I like that Nigerian yeah. Prince coin.
1: Where, where 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 we share in the profits of the Nigerian Prince scam?
4: <laughs> oh god! <laughs> I'm in a desperate situation. I can only be saved with more Nigerian Prince coin. Unbelievable! Yep. You got it. Well, so, so.
1: The funny thing is, people would buy that.
5: They would.
4: <laughs> you know, and, they would. And just to be clear, he didn't say Nigerian, uh, no. Prince Coin. No, he no, said I did not. Nigerian. No, I okay, did not. just to be clear.
5: So, uh, I have to ask, do the, do the wife and daughters and female dog now salute when you come in and, uh, call you doctor?
1: No. They, uh, <laughs> neither of my daughters said anything about it the day I got
4: it. Oh, God. That, that. I had, know. That, well, that, that I mean, had, they
1: got their own stuff going on. They're. You know, fifteen and seventeen—they've—they've they've got a whole world of stuff going on right now.
4: How how I mean, humbling you know. was that when you're excited and you walk in and no one says <laughs> anything? <laughs> it's uh, it,
1: it reminds me of my my status at home.
5: Are you sure they're going to take care of you when you get older? That's one thing daughters are supposed to <laughs> no, do. No,
1: that's why I got my PhD. Now I'm employable forever. <laughs> Nobody is taking care of me when I get old, but me
5: <laughs> i I thought the whole idea i know that.
1: if you put, I know that
5: I thought of the whole idea of putting up with teenage girls as they take care of you when you get old
1: I am you know and and I only say this because i'm ninety nine percent sure they're not listening on their drive to school right right now i I'm not counting on that one in I, fact, I think my sister is more likely to be taken care of by my daughters than me. My
4: well, aunt
1: Susan is probably. Uh, Higher on
4: the list on that one. Well, she's the fun but, aunt. Yeah, yeah she's a fun the aunt. fun aunt, yeah. aunt. Is is always beloved. Oh okay. Oh
1: yeah. She, she, she. I actually think that Chicago party may have been based on my sister. <laughs>
5: um, <laughs> hey, I have a question for you. I, I was just yeah. Rant. Let's get
1: let's get to really important stuff. I here. was
5: ranting and Raven with I, the Rand.
1: Unfortunately, I'm only giving a giving you half a, half a session today.
5: Well, I I, uh, and, I can't help but notice. The, mm-hmm. the the spread in again as I was ranting with Kevin, I don't know I don't know who's how the numbers are coming at at us, but uh, there clearly is a bifurcation in how the stock market and the bond market are dealing with the meeting today, the inflation numbers, where the Fed seems to have to go. Uh, bond market, you'd swear there's been no change. The, the stock market is at least. Showing some nervousness. I mean, it's still close to old highs. It was a record the other day, mm-hmm. so it's not like it's collapsing. But but you're getting in some of the areas of the market, the places that were 100 times earnings or 200 times have have come back some. So you're you're getting some sense that that the uh, that market valuations are you know the market's at least worried about it, right? It doesn't mean they're selling off mm-hmm. or anything like that. But the bond market, it's like the number came out yesterday; it didn't even move. Now, my question is. I don't know whether that means the bond market's telling a different tale than the stock market or the bond market is the Fed. Well, I don't even know what it's telling me because the Fed's controlling the thing.
1: Well, I think the, the bond market is, is, you know, it's not expecting anything in the short term. Um, but the derivative, you, you take the derivative markets and the odds of higher interest rate, uh, there's more than a 60% chance the hike's going to come by May now. So that's coming closer. Uh, I think the stock market discounts things in the future better than the bond market does. So that's probably why you're seeing the, the you know bifurcation of the two right now. Also, you know, I think there's a lot of concerns with respect to uh, how much is the economy going to grow next year. And that's something that the stock market's more concerned with, probably more concerned with than inflation. Well, I I, uh, but I, I, so I mean, I think maybe that's why uh, they're not moving together like you would expect them to. Well,
5: how, how do you the anti-
1: well, how do anticipation you? of you know uh, increase in tapering and rate hike three rate hikes next year, which is what I think is going to happen.
5: Okay, but I guess my I'll, I'll be very specific uh, in terms of uh-huh. how to, how does pr- the professor PhD walk into class, and I know you're very capable of doing this. Give a lecture to your guys regarding yield curve regarding mm-hmm. what it tells you the his- history of it, and then the back of your mind, you know the Fed owns fifty percent of the ten and thirty years, and they're the ones that are the they are the just like Jack Nicholson. I am the friggin shore patrol I mean they right i mean they they, they are the market yeah. how do you mean how do you how do you interpret it when when they're it
1: i you just have to try to put that one on the side and and look at the longer term rates where they are right now and make an a an assumption that you know they all kinda of move up in sync. But so well, there's a parallel shift, that's I guess
5: what I'm, well, I, what I, I guess uh, where I'm going What I'm trying to dig out, dig out of you here mm-hmm. and, I want, and mm-hmm. your analysis is what's it gonna take for uh you know grant, grant grandpa grandpa roads. Gives, gives the chief three million dollars to, to, to manage. And mm-hmm. I, and I go, and I go buy a ten year note, uh, at 1.8%, I gotta believe grandson PhD Rhodes is gonna say, what in God's name did you just do? Why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I guess my question is, we've reached a point here with, with 10% inflation, that our, our real negative interest rate is pushing eight, eight and a half percent. So, is is there some limit to that? To where I get, what I'm really trying to get to is if the Fed's not buying, you don't want me buying it there for your grandpa, and you wouldn't no. do it. Who who the hell's the next buyer behind the Feds? Except except uh, a municipality that has to invest in, in uh, government bonds, or maybe an insurance company that has to do something. And who, who the hell is the next purchaser anywhere near this price that isn't the Fed?
1: I. Maybe foreign buyers that you know, are parking cash because they've got a speculation on what's going to happen with the dollar versus their own currency. But people in the U. I mean, that's the only other buyer I can come up with off the top of my head. Uh, but otherwise, I don't think anybody that is owning bonds unless they're doing so to try to tweak the economy like the Fed or because they've got to. You know, there are, I mean, if you run a An ETF that's supposed to be owning bond, you know, that's supposed to own fixed income securities, you have to buy them. But I don't think anybody's buying them because they really want to. That's what I'm saying. How long going to take much much higher rates to bring those types of people into the market?
5: Well, I didn't dig into it because I don't don't actually know how to find it. You you probably could. Everything I'm hearing is is if our inflation rate here the last couple of months it's 10%. I mean, if you you extrapolate it out, uh, yeah. everybody, Everybody says everybody says it's worse than Europe. What does that mean? Is it 12% or... Oh, 20? yeah. But how, but how bad? Is it 12 or 20 or 11? I mean, those guys, their 10-year rate is still minus, minus point, point .35. How, how do you pull that scam off? The, at some point, those guys are going on every single bond, Russell. And then what happens?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. Then you you hit a complete reset on the whole economy. Like, I yeah, don't mean, know. I, mean, I mean, they're, they're getting really, close. I, don't,
5: I mean, I, I no. heard... I heard anecdotally one of the listeners sent me in a couple of the what's they don't use CRD over there whatever their numbers. When I say the CRD, every every asset that's out there, every stack, every preferred stack, every bond has a CRD number, a registration number. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. now there, there's got to be some equivalent to that in Europe, but I've, I've heard that they own sometimes they own eighty eighty five percent of the entire the entire issue of these long bonds. I mean, how, how does that yeah. even, yeah, that yeah, even to market? I mean, that
1: and I think that. More common than not for developed economies right now.
5: Okay, but it, well, what happens? When you, how how does how does the rate then become a market rate? The, they're the rate.
1: It's not a market rate. It's not. It, I mean, it's a controlled rate right now. And what ha- and, you know, you could almost equate what's going on right now to uh, Nixon trying to implement price controls in the early seventies. Because you're artificially managing something that really should be managed by the overall market, and when you stop doing that, everything goes to hell. And what happened in the late seventies?
5: Yeah, well, you know,
1: poor Jimmy Carter got poor Jimmy Carter got, got stuck with everything going to hell.
5: Well, I never, I never can, <laughs> I very rarely can hit you up with something that you uh, don't know about. But um, I actually, we had a class, economics class at Notre Dame. We were, we were reading a lot of that. The wage and price control bill—the mm-hmm. idea that um, everybody all of a sudden couldn't get a raise or couldn't raise their prices—is so far out there. It was like a bill today, where a whole list of, of the people who could raise prices, the people who could get a raise, the—it it, was—it was—they the, picked winners and losers just like the bills do now. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. if you're if you're a gas station. And all of a sudden, your wholesale price. Now, whether that guy should have raised them or didn't, if your wholesale price went up ten cents, you could raise yours ten cents. There were there were a million formulas in this bill that somebody dreamed up. That that it wasn't like nothing went up. It it was the right guys got to raise stuff, and other people didn't. And some people got raises, and some people didn't. It was just just like the bills now. It basically had a big page for the winners and a big page for the new losers, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was it was a very. It wasn't a one liner that says you can't raise prices or give a raise. It was anything but that, Russell.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I hadn't really thought about the price control thing as as being a good equivalent to what we're going to end up facing, but it probably is a good analogy. You know, where you, you just you at some point you have to have an adjustment back to market forces, or. You just end up in a... We can go one of two directions right now. We're either going to eventually have to get back to market forces determining the price of everything, like it should, um, or we're just going to shift into a completely government-controlled economy.
5: In the... Uh... And
1: and, and I, I know which direction. I'd rather take the short-term payment and go back to the, to being more of a market-dictated economy. Um but I think there are a lot of people that would love to see the government doing more.
5: Um, I don't disagree. I have a very, Which well you, 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 you led me to some died. very serious questions today. Maybe because it's, now you have a, you have this authority behind you of his PhD. Uh,
1: I know. I'm a, I mean, I, do you, it says I'm smart. Where, where do you,
5: whenever I have a conversation in a, you know, libraries, coffee shops, bars, you name it, uh, or somebody says, well I'm not a, these people are all socialists or these people are all this, they try and put a name on everybody. And, and I say, well, what are you? Well, I'm I'm a capitalist. I'm, okay, well that's fine. Um, how would you? Def- where, where do you think we are now? To me, we're kind of we're kind of half ass, halfway. To me, I, I, I we mean, are.
1: No, we're we're. Um, I mean, China has his uh, We've gravitated more toward the way China is. China's gra- tried to gravitate more toward the way we are. You know, and and there's still a big difference. I would much rather be here than in China because. The Chinese government can still, when they want to, control everything. Yep. Um, but I, I and I, I wonder if there's this belief that there's a happy medium in there. I, I personally want government to have as little to do with my life as possible.
5: Well, we're, we're, our model here but seems. to I think be... I, but I
1: think I'm in a minority like that now.
5: Uh, I'm in the minority with you. I, I, uh, we're, we're taking a different route here, though. Instead of the government rolling all over the Bill of Rights totally they're 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 taking the big companies and they're making the big companies roll over your rights and saying that that's okay which I never thought they would do boy but they got imagination better than I do but here's what I I don't know how you take uh, for instance your your uh, two two big chunks of the economy and one of them I don't think anybody can disagree with me on I don't even know what you call the health care piece of the economy and that's twenty percent of the economy. It's not competitive. Yep. It's not competitive. You'll be better. It
1: and be- y- and the really scary thing about the healthcare sector of the economy, there hasn't been any inflation there yet.
5: Uh, what do you mean? And by- that's
1: because a lot of the the, the prices and uh, for the materials, like the they, they call them commodities in the PPI number, uh, but the services and the, the Things that hospitals have to buy, they're typically on a one-year contract, and we're getting ready to get into a, ne- a new contract here. Don't be don't be overly surprised if sometime in the first quarter it, we get a really bad inflation number, and a lot of it's based on the the healthcare costs.
5: Well, we're going to get so it. They up. haven't gone. Up, they
1: haven't gone up yet.
5: Well, we're going to get an adjustment in rent at some point. The Rent this yeah. year is up ten percent, and the CPI has it at two. Yeah. I mean, whether they, or whether they just lie forever, but, but I guess what I'm saying is clearly that's 20% of the economy. I would not, I would not consider higher education competitive at all, would you? No. Right? So there's yeah. another what percentage of the economy. So we're probably pushing 40, 50% of the economy that isn't competitive, isn't, isn't, uh, socialistic. It's, I don't know what you, I don't know how you, how, how, is there, a, is there an economic name for our current health, healthcare system other than a mess? Is that an economic name? <laughs>
1: um, heavily regulated. Um, I, don't <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know. I
5: don't even know. <laughs> I, th- know. I think. I think it's.
4: It's. Uh, Would you call it messflation?
5: Messflation. But, yeah. but
4: you mm-hmm. have.
5: You, you, there's no, none of the antitrust laws apply there. It appears. Right. Mm-hmm. Even even mm-hmm. simple stuff like can you, why you can't even list your pricing. Now Trump, to his credit. I think tried to sign some kind of an executive order that these guys have to. I don't think these people. If you're powerful enough, you don't pay attention to these politicians. They didn't pay attention no. to Trump. The, if you no. walk in Northwestern Hospital, I don't see anything. I don't see any blackboard in there telling me how much an appendectomy is. Do you? No
4: yeah. they, they totally ignored him.
1: Yeah, well, I, I yeah I have a funny feeling that Oh, You watch Succession?
4: No. Yes, yeah, best show on TV, TV show. Really?
1: Yeah, it's awesome. I, I think they 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 represent uh the characters on there um represent a class of people that don't think the government can do anything to them
4: right the way they represent and the he, the billionaire mogul uh yeah. the old man the way he the president he doesn't call the president for a favor the president calls him for a favor yeah. that that is so and, spot on and,
1: i don't th- i don't think these when, people and the the FBI shows up at their building and he said tell him to go away.
4: <laughs> and they go. We can't tell the FBI to I go. Mean, away. And,
1: and he's not kidding. He's like, I, you know, tell them to come back another day.
5: Well, you <laughs> you can't you can't get in bed with somebody and then expect to regulator. We can't. Uh, this is this is common sense, Russell. I mean, we we oh, are, know, we know, know. You, you can't. I mean, you got. I know you got one minute, but you can't you can't be Janet Yellen and go out and seven million dollars these people, and the next day spank them. You can't do that.
1: No, no, you can't.
5: But some people seem to think you can. I, where, where do they grow up? Just out of curiosity, I I, I have no idea. Uh,
1: not in the same kind of reality that most of us did.
5: No. Hey, Russell, go to go to you your meeting, I mean? bud. Thank you for the good stuff. Yeah, sir. When, sorry, uh, not
1: bailing on you.
5: When, when are they? No, sorry. what are they? Uh, one, one last. No, no, no rate, no rate rise today. That would be a shocker.
1: Right. No rate rise today. I think the odds of a May meeting of a May hike will uh, go up after today. All right, and um, and I'll tweet that. I'll t- I, you know what? I'll send you the chart. I'll, I'll email you the chart next time you are around. I have I
5: have intention of I'll take you out for a nice tea to celebrate this, and I'm sure Maddie will come with. If you Absolutely, anybody. Kevin drives in from Indiana.
4: We'd love to take you out.
1: Yeah. All right,
4: all right, buddy. I will you got. I will it. come downtown. Sometime. We'll we'll even get Russell's favorite breakfast, which is uh, McDonald's. Yeah, We've hey, got, which he, is
1: over which is over eight dollars now.
5: <laughs> no inflation, buddy. You've got
1: you got to wear a card I, I, I paid eight bucks when I was downtown a little over eight dollars for my McDonald's breakfast downtown this week it's it, it had a five handle when I started coming on this
4: program
5: wow God. anyway take care of yourself SP <laughs> futures up three Nasdaq <laughs> futures up 15 we move to the upside here be right back Stacks and jacks I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com.
4: Stocks,
2: jocks, and
5: stocks and jocks You are out of control Right here, right now Right here, right now Hello, North Bank Stocks and Jocks I'm Tomo It's my world on the board SV Futures up 275 now as that future up 17, we've got a, a slew of numbers. I'm, I'm scribbling them down here. Retail sales are up .3%. They're supposed to be .8. And Maddie just says these things are not inflation adjusted. So that's kind of a, that's a crummy number. Uh, we also have uh, export prices are up like uh, point or point seven percent, instead of point five, import prices up a whole a whole point one or a whole one percent. They're up ten point six percent since last year, and so we're not getting helped at all by import prices with our prices, if if that means anything. I mean, it's not usually a number we cite, but uh, since we got a whole bunch of other stuff we're citing. Uh, but anyway, it's it's caused the uh, the market to jump at least back to break even here. Dow futures are down twenty nine over in twenty one over in Europe. We've got the uh, the DAX up 64.4%, FTSE down 17.2%, around up 50.7%. So they're, they're, flat to the upside some. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei up 27, like 0. Shanghai down 13.4, Hang Seng down 215, that's 0. 0.9. Hang Seng has been a laggard, a laggard, you know, for a while. As, as the Chinese government can beating up on their uh, high-tech people, that's being felt more in Hang Seng than it is in Shanghai. As a way of review, yesterday the Dow was down 106. S&P down 34, NASDAQ down 175. Uh, bonds are unchanged at one point four three ten 10 10-year rate. Uh, Bundt minus 0.36, Japan positive 0.05. Again, unchanged across the board, we're not seeing anything in bonds but all this concern about the meeting today. Well, down 80 cents, 69.93, back under 70. Brent uh, down 77 cents, 72.93. Natural gas up 14 cents, 389. Uh boy you, you just hope you didn't buy it over six three weeks ago. That would be that would be a that leave a mark, Matty, a serious mark. Our Bob down two cents to two zero nine. Uh I heard this morning somebody's down to three oh seven somewhere in the south side, Matty. Uh what's it in the city still? Over four? Uh it's right around four. Yeah. Gold down a buck $90, 1770 silver down nine cents, twenty one eighty two, copper down seven cents four one eight, uh, and we've got Bitcoin up $100, $47,660. Uh, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports?
4: 36 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone out there. Uh, still dealing with a couple of uh, earlier crashes. Uh, Tri-State southbound at Irving Road Toll Plaza. Uh, there was an earlier accident involving a semi that struck a light pole. And uh, it says here it's hanging in the left lane. Repair crews are uh, there and uh, and working on it, but no ETA on when that will be cleared. And that's blocking the left lane on the tri-state southbound side at Irving Road Toll Plaza. Uh, so keep that in mind on uh, I-294. Edens and Kennedy, no accidents to report, but uh, we're starting to see some heavy uh, traffic build up here on a Wednesday morning. Same for the Eisenhower and Stevenson. Uh, on the Stevenson inbound side... Uh, at Kingery uh, Highway, which is Route 83, there's a crash that's on the exit ramp. It says here it's a car in the ditch, uh, and that's causing a bit of a slowdown as you take that exit ramp on the southbound side to uh, Route 83. No issues on the uh, outbound side of the Stevenson. Southside Expressways, Dan Ryan, I-57, and the Bishop Ford. Uh, normal traffic times there, same for Lakeshore Drive. Off the Expressways, we have a crash out in Carroll Stream, uh, Coon Road at Lies and then uh in Elgin northwest of there there's a crash at Wing Street and uh North State that's right at uh, route 31 everything else all quiet out there weather today it's going to feel like it's you know April today uh lots of uh clouds in the area but warm temperatures before we uh, cool back off uh, beginning tomorrow A high of 62, which is 25 degrees above normal uh, for our high today. Right now it's overcast and 55, going up to a cloudy 62. For our Phoenix listeners, sunshine with a high of just 58, so it'll be warmer in Chicago than in Phoenix today. Right now it's clear and 45. In sports, quiet night last night. Uh, Bulls were off as they deal with their COVID problems. No games this week. They postponed their two games this week. Suns played last night. They lost, or they beat the Blazers 111 to 107. Blackhawks uh, were off as were the Coyotes. College Hoops, DePaul was in action. They beat UIC 72 to 66. Chief.
5: You forgot about the 50 mile an hour winds tonight.
4: Yeah, supposed to be windy. Um, Make sure your patio furniture is uh, tied down. Make sure your garbage cans are in a safe area because it's going to be blowing,
5: or at least if they're going to blow, blow, up, let them blow up against the next guy's house, not yours.
4: Yeah, who cares about the next guy's house? <laughs> yeah,
5: John, how are you? Thank you for uh, subbing in for our, our newly minted PhD.
3: Well, I, and let me—I mentioned this last week—offer my congratulations to Russell on that great achievement. That's, that's a wonderful thing. So, best best wishes to him. He certainly earned it. So how is
5: it you were a professor all those years and you don't have one of these?
3: <laughs> well, it's a, a long and boring story. Tom. So I, I am ABD as they call, call it, which means PhD all but dissertation. Oh, really? So I did all my coursework. I did my oral exams at Loyola. I had a dissertation topic approved, and then I got the full time teaching job at you know my community college, which the community college system does not require a Ph.D. uh, for a tenure-track position, Um, and that's still the case, although there are many Ph.D.s now applying to community colleges because the university market has just pretty much collapsed for Ph.D.s. So I was sort of out of the mainstream when I started my teaching job, having all this Ph.D. course credit when most of my colleagues had M.A.s and had done little work beyond that. But I would say that that has changed in the last 30 years, so you will find lots of PhDs in the community college faculty these days.
4: Um, so so th- do we need to pick a dissertation topic for uh, for John? I think we should. <laughs> yeah, like, should we get him started? Oh, oh, I'll
3: tell you that, I, everything was, was cooking along fine, except I found that I had to keep paying tuition for all the semesters while my you know, dissertation was being written, and in the meantime, I had landed a full-time job, which was kind of the whole point of going to graduate school in the first place. So I thought, well, do I really need to, you know, make my life more complicated than it is and drain my finances? Why not just, you know, concentrate on my career here? Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of put that whole chapter behind me and, and really haven't regretted it or looked back very much. So well, it all you, worked out for the best for me.
5: Well, if you if you decided now, is all that stuff still good? I mean, if you decided, hey, I got nothing better to do. I'll write. I'll write this dissertation. So,
3: you, oh so yeah, I, I've, I've tossed around you know, a bunch of book ideas. I've never really pushed it to the you know, point of getting a, a book proposal in line to send it off to publishers for them to bandy with. But I have still not given up the idea, and I've, I've gotten a, enough articles over the years, you know, I could put a book together of them, but it wouldn't be much of a book.
5: <laughs> well, you could write one about the characters on Stacks and Jacks.
3: Oh, well, <laughs> be like, you know, history from the inside out, you know, it's like, I... I I, I try to keep it clean, though, Tom. I, I, I like all you guys so much. I never you know, tell those, you know, stories out of school or air dirty laundry. Right? I'll give you, I'll so give you 50 chapters. You have chapters. to do to get book contracts these days. So.
5: I'll give you 50 chapters of my book, No Good Deed Goes Unpunished.
3: <laughs> we should collaborate, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and that too.
5: We've got enough graduates. Man, you get one of those like every week, right? You could add a chapter to that book.
4: <laughs> oh, my God. Every, every hour.
5: Every a
3: whole hour. new class of people I can accuse, you
5: know. <laughs> so... uh Jam, we have the. I can't. You know, I'm I'm, I'm in so early on this. It's scary, but uh, the the idea that we're at a real, a real. This feels to me socially, economically, it feels like 1981, 82, where there's just going to be a major change in in the economy and how people address their retirement and how things. And I, I just, I see it coming. I don't know where it's going to land, but it just, the current, the current situation just can't hold. And, uh, I, you know, with, with the, the bifurcation of numbers all over the place and inflation doing what its doing and yet people who have money can't get any, anything for their money even though pe- they'll lend it to somebody for a year and you give it back to you it's worth 10% less and, you know, I, I and we have a population that doesn't realize that if they got a million dollars somewhere, as of now, as we enter the end of the year it's worth nine hundred thousand compared to the beginning of the year. And people haven't they, they haven't haven't put that together yet. I think part of it is because you don't get this education on T V and you know, despite the fact that we have a gazillion alleged news shows, you never actually get this education you think you would get. Uh that it's untainted. You, you know you don't have anybody I haven't seen anything, even the the, the right wing stuff that Audrey and Repel's, you know, shove at me. I still don't see anybody actually talking about the nuts and bolts economics of here's where we are, this is what's happening, this is what it causes, and and, and the stuff that is just just basic. And Are are we trying to keep people ignorant, or what are we doing?
3: I think we're, you know, we've got such a mess on our hands that you see government policy now trying to reduce the, the pain, at least the pain to themselves, by tampering with the job numbers the job market i mean in what other universe would you see government you know efforts to suppress employment by dictating you have to get vaccination a booster b you know whatever for the rest of your life to hold a job in the public sector or or in the private sector you wouldn't do that if you thought well we need everybody working <laughs> That we can possibly put on a payroll, but it seems like they've decided. Well, it, with the inflationary pressures we have, the last thing we want is a lot of consumption and a lot of you know people, you know, chasing dollars. So we've got this artificially suppressed employment situation in you know the face of this pretty much out of control inflation. I have to believe the two are related, and it's not accidental that we're seeing this. Because in in any situation, it would make no sense to be doing one or the other, or letting them just sort of go their own separate ways. But I think that the the employment tampering is an attempt to deal with what they know is out of control on the inflationary side.
5: Well, it's there's a lot of things that if you just if you, if you went to the uh, you know if there's a there are other people in the universe somewhere if you went on the fifth moon of Alpha Centauri or someplace like evidently there was a place there in Star Trek if you just said over the last how many years, 12 16 years you've had uh, three presidents do nothing but tell you every month how many people are getting employed and how we're at full employment or at this and we're that, and oh by the way in the last 10 years the, hom- the homeless problem is getting totally out of control how can those two things be happening at the same time if people if people counted stuff properly I mean, None of these people are unemployed. What? Where where are they? They're they're just they're off the list. They don't exist. What what is? I mean, if you look at, you know, this is happening and this is happening. If you have any logic, if you're a fifth grader, you'd say they both can't be happening together. I mean, in World War when 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 Japan, well, we'd already started. We actually had already started moving factories from uh, uh, consumption over to uh, war war stuff before Pearl Harbor which you know a lot of people don't think we did but we did I mean it wasn't, yeah, a, wasn't lot. A, a lot of it had already started because we were already selling stuff to the Brits we knew we it. were
3: selling it to, to the Allies right and we,
5: and we knew we knew that uh, let's put it this way Roosevelt early on figured there was going to be a problem with Hitler and he wanted to fight him there and not here I mean that's that's I think that's a very fair statement I don't think anybody could disagree with that it was, Would could they I mean I that he thought that there was that there was going to be a problem with the man which there clearly was and he would rather fight him there than here is it
3: and he was trying to pull this country out of a depression that he had f- had no success
5: yeah so far he, in
3: his right. you know, administration so this this fed into his plans too but it, it certainly it, it, it profited this country to take that position and say, well, we, we'd rather r- ramp up industrialization in a war effort even before we're, we're a participant in it because it will put people to work and it's something that we've been, been unsuccessful at for the last 10 years, really.
5: Right. I mean, he he'd had some half-assed advances, but not really. I mean, it was not bouncing along as he would have liked. That's right, and it
3: tried pretty much everything at that
5: point. Yeah, well, so did Hoover. A lot of the right, stuff that Roosevelt right. did, Hoover actually tried. Hoover, Hoover could probably, there was people who would say he was easily one of the top two or three smartest presidents we've ever had. And he tried a whole bunch of stuff that went, went against his party, and it just didn't work. I mean, we were just, but I mean, the, the idea that, that in 1943, with everybody joining the Army and everybody going to work, having massive homeless encampments, the encampments disappeared. Everyone went to work, everyone in the Army, Right.
3: Right and, and women who hadn't formed much of the, the industrial workforce, and, you know, since the industrial revolution, all of a sudden, you know, kind of bailed out the, the domestic economy.
5: Well, yeah, and uh, but I, so th- this whole idea now that we're making all this progress, and yet you get on the street and there's 35 year old people wandering around on a job. They're not they're not counted. They're not on. They're not getting unemployment. They're they're nothing. They're, they're, it's, it's, it, they're I mean, if if they were a stray dog, they'd, they'd be treated better, right?
3: You couple that with the onslaught of opioid addiction and substance abuse issues, and you know, opening the borders, which also includes opening the borders to human traffickers and drug cartels, and you can't really say, "Well, you surely didn't see this coming." Of course, I think you know, people at the top saw it coming and wanted it to come. Uh, That's me, Tom. I I don't believe people are that stupid. I have I have very little trouble believing they are that devious.
5: I uh, that's been as anybody who listens to the show. That that's my my biggest internal debate I have constantly. Are they are they are they that nasty or are they are they that? I, I think I'm going to say, general. A lot of it is. I mean, Kevin and I were just we we're just talking about how, uh, you know, Kevin said that people can't don't seem to be able to do a mid course correction. A lot of that I think has to do with the way the press deals with these people these days. Right and left. I mean, I mean, if, if you, if you, uh, you know, you say you got, you know, Matty Weber in the eighth hole in the in softball team, and all of a sudden he's hitting the ball pretty decent, and I move him to the fifth hole, and all of a sudden he gets a bunch of RBIs. <laughs> Gee, well, is it, uh, well, it was a mistake having him in the eighth hole. Well, no, he, he was there, and it was obvious that he should move, so I moved him. What's, it, these, these are course corrections. These aren't flip-flopping. These are, every day's a new day, right? I mean, and yet, I don't, I don't think people can go back and a lot of the stuff they say on the vaccines, they can't go back on the masks, they can't go back. Well, A I can tell you,
4: I had never heard the term flip-flop before, uh, John Kerry ran for president, when, whenever year that was, 2004. Yeah. And it, everyone attacked him, uh, at the time because he changed his opinion on some things. I can't remember what they were specifically, war in Iraq or yeah. wh- whatever they were. And then, and then, for, since then, whether you're on the right or the left, uh, you are attacked if you change your opinion on anything. Right, you're you're. It's like you're considered like weak or something. When when everyone with common sense knows that as more information comes in, a smart person should change their mind on things if if the information changes and, and or you do more research or you learn something new. It makes no sense. But I I remember distinctively the first time it hey, could be right. Man. I heard the term flip flop like this guy. He doesn't stand for anything. He had this opinion, you know, 20 years ago, and now he has this opinion. It's like, that's, a, that's an insult? That should be a compliment, in my opinion. You yeah.
3: should value, value that kind of freedom to, you know, admit you were wrong say i 've got better information now than I did twenty years ago or whatever, and i 'm willing to say i 'd do it differently today if I knew now what I, if I knew then what I knew now i wouldn 't be singing that same tune but but you, you really can 't get away with that as a politician because you know how the the spin industry works there 's a lot less risk in just keeping with the same narrative that you lie about over and over again because at least you 're consistent. Whereas if you actually said, hey, we've got to stop this train wreck that's coming down the pike, and I've been part of it, too, that you will you know, be so excoriated in the press for, for having had a, a moment of, of illumination about this, that you don't go that, down that route. we made it impossible for people to be brave or even commonsensical about this stuff. What, what kind of a political system has that as as what you aspire to? You know, it's crazy to me, too. Well,
5: you still have to be the person that says, Hey, you know what? He didn't look like he was a third baseman, but now he looks pretty good over there. I'm just glad I figured it out in time. I mean, what's wrong with that statement? You just have to have the, essentially the balls to say it, and if somebody doesn't like it, they don't like it.
4: But John's exactly right. right. You get crushed for that. Yes. If, in politics. Maybe not in any other field, but in politics, if you change course on anything, people don't look at that as like, you know, growing. They look at that as, oh, this guy's a flip-flopper.
3: Well, I think, I think what, what feeds into that, Matt and Tom, too, is that uh, these politicians are so beholden to the people who pull their strings that they have to continue to say what, in, in a, a you know, a more commonsensical world, word, well, they would never say with a straight face. But they know once they start flip-flopping, so to speak, they've immediately alienated the people who have backed them up, you know, supported them, Pay their bills. God knows what other you know ways they've greased their wheels, and they lose that support. They lose, lose the, you know, the support of, of lobbyists and people that they become associated with. They can't change in midstream without completely isolating themselves financially. So they'll never get reelected because it isn't so much that the voters are are that perplexed by this. P- people change their minds every day, and you know it kind of re- refreshes you to think. I, I don't know everything, and I, now all of a sudden, I could have never seen this this way before, but it makes perfect sense to me now. Thank God I woke up. You'd be like a politician who would admit that too, but the politicians aren't, they, they don't have that freedom that the average person does,
5: it seems. Well, clearly, Paul cannot, cannot actually tell you tell us a straight story on the inflation because he was so far behind the thing. But, Matty, we talked about the flip-flop, though. The, the guy who was on, uh, well, we just, we just passed it. Was it yesterday? The, uh the debt ceiling uh, increase, right? Well, if you go back, I mean, God, certainly since we've been doing the show, maybe, but even way further than that, every time the, the Democrats are in office and they want to raise the debt ceiling, the Republicans give no one to grief. Oh, God, you guys are spending too much. And as soon as Trump got in office, <laughs> the Democrats didn't want to... I mean, that kind of flip-flopping, if you're a reporter, you got to sit there and go... Hey, buddy, you were just on the other side of this a year ago. Now, th- th- that, that to me, is flip flop there's,
4: there's nothing funnier than both sides or, you know, the opposite side of who's in power at the time ripping on that party for spending too much when they do the same thing. I yep. mean, it, it's like all you have to do is look at the numbers. It's like this has gone straight up for 20-plus years. I mean, what a joke. Yeah,
5: and, but that, that, I guess, is a flip-flop, a reasonable person studying stuff and changing his mind for the better I think that's advancement. But but that's you know, that's that would be me. But but then how do you find the difference? Right? Yeah, good question. I don't uh but John, what um I mean I, I sense this everything is sorta of coming together here and I don't see any programs as much as the money we're spending and these guys are, are using these, these sledgehammer kind of uh uh you know, we're just gonna give all these programs out there and we're all gonna land. I I still don't see anybody pulling up in a van and helping any of these homeless people.
3: I don't either, Tom. You know, we, are, we have just decided, I guess, that these people in, in ever-larger numbers um, are are kind of making it impossible for cities to either, you know, improve their bond rating, improve their schools, because this it's taking all this energy away from growth. I, there's no big American city that I see on an upward trajectory, and the homeless situation, you know, with everything else mixed in, is kind of symptomatic of a, of a general you know, throwing in of the towel. It's like why? Why? First of all, why are there so many people that you know that were always homeless people? This isn't a new phenomenon, but the management of it has shifted in a, an unbelievable way now. To they simply now have a kind of a, a political or squatters' right. They, they they just live as they can. Without any sense of that they're even there, and, and and as a result they are everywhere, and people everywhere have to deal with them and either support them with you know occasional donations or you know change your routes so you don't have to walk past them all the time. How did this become something that people just
5: accept? That's a question for uh, for Mr. Weber. Uh, if if somebody you just talked to me about how in a town in Idaho or Iowa where your, where your mom still is and so forth, if if you had homeless people there, would they move to a city? Would they, Do they have any? I mean, I, I, I get the feeling that if you had homeless people in, in say, West Virginia, which you always have with the mining industry going downhill and then not paying anybody to start with, plus you had, you had people with Black Long, you had people who had all kinds of, of uh, illnesses because of the mines and so forth, I'm going to say the people who, What do they all do? Did they piled in together? But they never they never really left the area, do they? I don't I don't think. But now, what happens? People people if if somebody is homeless in Iowa, maybe do they move to Chicago? Do they move to San Francisco? Or do they? I don't even I don't even know the progression. We can't they can't all be happening here. I guess what I'm saying is is this a destination place for homeless? Or not? Or is it Vegas? You get money from people? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know the answer. I
4: mean, I'm, It's a great question. There's no doubt that when you go to certain places, there's more homeless people than other places. And it makes you wonder, is it because this is a homeless destination? Or is it because it's harder to get a job in this particular location versus other locations? I don't know.
3: I think San Francisco is an example where people who are homeless have gravitated there because the climate is more hospitable. You can, you can live there on the streets almost year round, um, and certainly in Southern California and, and, and those Southern states, Southern cities. Chicago's a little little different. I, I think we're, we're dealing with such a, a shift in the way you know jobs have drifted overseas. People who formerly had bright careers, you know, they were educated. A lot of a lot of homeless people are, are not stupid people, and some of them I think are quite highly educated. But they've had a, a series of Terrible reverses, many of which are not their own fault.
5: A lot of they, they people don't have any
3: any way of taking care of themselves. And and you you, know, you you remember Tom? The way the Loop used to look, you know, fifty sixty years ago, there were flea bag hotels, oh, yeah. everywhere in the Loop, even in, in the the, in the nicer areas, in State Street and Madison Street, in the heart of the Loop. There were all of a sudden you'd see, you know, there's clearly people living in this ancient building. It was an old hotel that had been, you know converted it to pretty much an sro the loop was full of such places and they were they, they were full of people every night too because there were homeless people then too but they were housed there and there was a it seemed like there was you know, a, a, an attitude well we have to put a roof over these people's head at least at night we don't want them out on the street making tents and you know, gravitating together and owning a whole part of the city so but the, where can you find such places in the loop today? I, mean, I
5: believe the term was a transient hotel or a resident hotel, not a flea bag hotel. <laughs> right
4: <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you in Bucktown it's all in the words: Tom. I can tell you in Bucktown, where I live, there's two homeless people that live within 20 feet of my front door, which is not ideal as a property owner.: And on the street net on it's the street?: Yes. One: One sleeps on a, on a step two steps uh below a a business that has a for lease sign in the window that you know went out of business before i moved in so maybe it was covid related maybe not and then the other lives right across the street from my house in in the bus stop and she lives there full time and both sleep outside and as the weather's getting colder i'm wondering you know how much longer can they last but they they sleep right on the sidewalk well she sleeps on the bench and she sleeps on the bench uh the bus stop bench he sleeps on the steps uh, both of them are are not mentally capable, as far as I can tell, of you know getting a job of any kind. So uh, they need help, and uh, it's sad. And that's you know that's a that's a nice that's a nice neighborhood. I mean, it's it's it makes you wonder. I I don't I don't know how to, uh, what what the solution is, but it's a real problem.
3: In, in a world where we used to have beat cops, you know, people who actually their job was to poke around a strip of designated territory and find out what's going on and fix what's wrong. Uh, these people, they wouldn't have been arrested, they wouldn't have been thrown in the clink, but they would have been shepherded to some kind of a place where they had a room and they could get a hot meal. And, you know, a cop would give them 25 cents or a buck. It was completely off the books. But the idea was, this is kind of my responsibility. I I don't want People thinking they can do this because then everybody will, will come here and do it at this corner because they know they can get away with it. It's like with the, the shoplifting.
5: At, well, at, yeah, at, you're on you're uh, tomorrow. A, uh, I'll do a little research on just how how or if people are counted I and mean, where they're at. Maybe, it's, maybe a cow question. I'll email. Uh, thank you very much. But SP Futures down 3, NSA Futures down 30. We had a slew of numbers this morning, none of them any good. We have the Fed meeting coming up. We'll talk about them all tomorrow morning.
3: What do we learn,
2: Palmer? I don't know, sir.
3: I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.
4: Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to ptisecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at ptiprodirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit homseyanalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708 403 2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1 800 821 4968.